0: You're listening to The Empowerment Project. I'm Nicole Dargie, an empowerment mentor for men, women, and teens. I teach yoga. I take women on retreats. And I help teens realise their self-worth. Darcy Stubbings, who is joining us all the way from California. And uh, Darcy is a, a clinical physiotherapist and a yoga teacher, and the owner at Connect Movement Physio. And he has a Bachelor of Medical Science as well. And someone who I used to work with actually back when I was uh, working in a studio, a yoga studio in Surrey Hills in Sydney. And I met Darcy when uh, he first came on board and not long after I left. So We recently reconnected and um, I've been learning all about what Darcy's been up to and um, I'm really inspired by what what he's doing out there for people in the area of mental health and well-being uh, which is something that is really important to me particularly in the area of male mental health and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Darcy today. Welcome Darcy.
1: Thanks a lot Nicole. Very much appreciate uh, joining your show. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. So how how's it going over there in California today?
1: Um, well, today is a beautiful day. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks with the wildfires here, which feels like, you know, my, my fiancé and I, Casey, have come full circle from actually living in Batemans Bay um, for the last couple of years prior to about March. And, uh, you know, we, we copped the full brunt of the, the Batemans Bay fires. Um, thankfully. You know, the place we're renting was okay. Our health was fine other than a bit of smoke inhalation, as I'm sure everyone had on the east coast of Australia. But, yeah, yeah it's been an interesting time just now or for the last week or so having kind of settled into the fact that the smoke is back and um, we've got another, uh, yeah, I guess external challenge to just sit with and, and be okay with. But, you know, today, today the smoke has cleared a little bit, so super grateful for that.
0: Yeah, great. Well, you you know make sure you take care of yourselves, and uh, hope everyone's safe.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that.
0: Well, okay, so we're here to open up a very interesting conversation together, and um, I really would love for you to share with everybody just a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are and launching your business, uh, Connect Movement
1: Physio. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to share. Uh, well, as in any, as is the case with anyone's story, it's, it's hard to pinpoint a, a time at which, you know, things start. But I think that, you know, given that something that I really try to strive for in terms of um, my own personal practice and helping my clients with is to gain a sense of awareness of what's going on in my life so that I can actually make informed decisions um, that reflect my values, the values of my family and my community around so I can, you know, show up as my best self. So I guess the time at which I first began to feel into that awareness was actually at a time that I first met you, uh, back in about 2015. I, I I'm not sure if you were at that Kirtan event with Ido and Joe, um, on the first birthday. Yeah. So that, that's probably like the start of of an incredible five years of incredible challenge as well, but incredible euphoria and magic and the whole, the whole nine yards, I guess. And And that night, the only reason I was there was because it was the end of a two-week intro pass. I'd only just really begun practicing yoga. And Nicole Walsh, beautiful Nicole, who owned the studio, who I ended up working with, uh, she she invited everyone to this one-year birthday party free of charge. Come celebrate, you know, our, our one year of the studio. And I was really excited to head along. However, I had this physio interview uh, on a hundred kilometer race up in the Blue Mountains. So it was an ultra marathon race. Um, The physio clinic in question actually uh, exists still in in, uh, Kirribilli. They're a fantastic physiotherapy clinic, the body mechanic. Um, That was kind of my dream goal um, throughout the Bachelor of Medical Science, where I studied all of the areas of the body um, from a very detailed point of view, and then flowed into a doctor of physiotherapy uh, from about 2012 to 2015. So I was literally in the last week, uh, you know, polishing off the last sentences to my thesis in my doctor of physio. And I was sitting in like the third row of Shiva room um, in the old in yoga studio, such a beautiful space, you know, completely overwhelmed with how good I felt in the last couple of weeks of practice. And Nicole said, come along. So I actually called up this physio in question from um, the body mechanic, this really great physio clinic and i said look mate i know this is going to sound silly because we've had this set up almost for a year and a half like i'd been knocking on their door quite literally i lived uh, just around the corner in milson's point more than i'd care to admit they were probably like you know go away mate we we know who you are we know that you've got 18 months to go in your physio degree and anyway i said sorry look i really feel that something's leading me leading me in this direction of this um this kirtan. And he said, you're not going to get this opportunity again. Um, and look, I thanked him. And I had this absolute faith that going to this night was what I really needed. And I didn't have too much thought surrounding it. It just was this gut feeling. And I think that yoga, the practice of yoga for the last couple of weeks prior had awakened that gut feeling. And, you know, for the first time, I was like, no, 100% I am going this direction, you know, taking the path to the right or the path to the left, so to speak. So I I don't know if you remember that night, but, you know, Ido and Joe were mesmerizing and I've experienced this kind of energy at times in my life before, but again, from not perhaps a very aware perspective. And that night I was sitting amongst about 150 people. Everyone was smiling. There was, you could almost see the electromagnetic like beam of love coming from everyone's hearts. And I remember the, yep. yeah, I was like, I was almost brought to tears. You know, at times I remember Joe, beautiful Joe, um, may she rest in peace. Like, you know, I remember looking into her eyes for half a minute or so, and she just held my gaze and she was singing. It was incredible. And it brings, yeah, <laughs> I know. Joe, so, you know, just for the listeners here, yeah. um,
0: beautiful Joe. Way. so as you were saying let her soul rest in peace she um, certainly had a beautiful mandate and a purpose in life and she certainly had an impact on you by the sounds of it
1: oh like yeah i i am totally goosebumped out right now because you know <laughs> she and ito entered my life and you know i i've met ito again um in the last couple of years but you no know, he may not even know my name but They had such a profound impact, particularly on that night, because in that one moment, it felt like absolutely nothing could ever go wrong. You know, I know that's often a perspective, how we look at our lives, but in that moment, it was such a visceral feeling. And and what happened was that about an hour later, Nicole said, look, everyone here in in this yoga room right now, in some way has helped us form this community, whether you've been here since the Body Mind Life days, um, whether you've just joined us in a two-week intro, we'd love to offer someone a six-month free membership. And as a fairly broke, you know, just spent seven years studying consecutive uni students, um, I certainly didn't have the the money to do anything but just intro, pass, hop around Sydney, which I know a lot of students do. And she pulled out one name of the 150 or so um, and it, it, I like before she read it. I knew it was going to be me. It was so weird, and just from the that afternoon when, you know, I told this physio I'm not coming, and he's like, "What are you doing? There are so many people who want this spot," um, and it, it just made so much sense in that moment. Before she even said Darcy Stubbings, and you know, lo, lo and behold, she did say that, and it was the start of just an incredible journey. You know, I. I began practising every single day at the studio so gratefully and then, you know, met beautiful folks like yourself and and, uh, Belle who was there as well and and Rod and all of the very empowered women actually um, primarily who were at the studio. And, you know, soon Nicole offered me a job um, behind the desk. Um, Not too long after that I went through my teacher training with an amazing bunch of people. Pretty soon I was the physio of the studio. And... That yeah, fantastic. it was, it was crazy from there. So that's, that's, I guess, where my story starts that, yeah, I'd want to share today.
0: Wow. wow. I forgot that you got that free six month membership, Darcy. That's absolutely amazing. And what a twist of fate. Yeah. <laughs> Look where you are now. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how it helps to benefit people.
1: Well, I I show up as myself in all forms of me and I guess my six years or so of of clinical experience and even about 10 years of study in physiotherapy um, allows me to have a really good systematized approach to helping people improve their embodiment, um, improve how they move, uh, you know, really deepen their connection to their their physical body. And, you know, in yoga, you talk about the, the koshas, which I found particularly when I was going through teacher training, quite a helpful philosophy and, you know, the outer kosher, anamaya kosher, um, the physical layer, you know, all these interweaving and, 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 you know, making up your conscious existence at the same time. But I found that, you know, physio was a great way that I could address the outer layer. And, you know, I've learned a little bit about nutrition in, in the uh, coming years. And so first and foremost, I, I show up as physio Darcy and, then, I guess, you know, my, my most important way that I believe I show up is by holding space for the fast, subtler uh, elements of someone's healing that arises. And, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that do incredible work and help empower people and really step into the, the driver's seat of their health. Um, whenever I feel like someone else could do a better job than me for this person, then I'll connect them up. But for the most part, I love hearing people's stories. Um, I, I truly consider it. A blessing to be a small part of someone's journey, and I meet them wherever they're at in terms of their physical health, um, their headspace, or their mental health, and and also whatever their spiritual health means to them. Um, you know, I think for all of us, that's that's a very deep understanding that we can only really uh, know viscerally and and kind of without. Without speaking, we can talk to it, we can, we can throw words around about spirituality. but you know I just really love for folks to be excited to be, you know, like to show up and, and engage in their health, to show up and engage in their passions, their gifts,, um, you know, to work out how they can share them with their community around. And you know, I think particularly my experiences with my own struggles with mental health and my physical health over the last 10 or so years. It really feeds my enthusiasm and my empathy for folks that are overtly suffering. Um, And so, yeah, I just meet them where they're at and send them as much love, as much education, as much support and empowerment um, that I can in that consultation. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And uh, your motto is move, meditate and heal. And um, I guess I really love for you to share with, with me and with everyone that's listening here, just a little bit about know one time you shared with me how you went through your own struggles with mental health back when you were younger. Can you, yeah, just share a little bit about that with us and just how you found yoga and what you do, what you offer has helped yourself through that this journey and coming to a place of wholeness within yourself?
1: Certainly. Well, I, I mean, I, I feel that journey is going to continue until my last breath in this physical body um, however you know to to kind of move on from that first story um, I experienced some incredible states of euphoria just naturally through the practice of yoga at the start through the connections that I made and then I began teaching quite a bit um, and you know sharing from a place perhaps not of that much experience in yoga I'd only practiced again for those two weeks prior to Uh, that one-year birthday party of in Yoga. And then I think because Nicole and Rod, um, beautiful souls that they are, were excited to help me out, help empower me and, you know, help share some of my physio knowledge in the yoga world. I had some incredible opportunities straight away. And that was teaching, you know, to uh, folks who had practiced yoga a lot longer than me. So I went through this, um, I guess, this period of doubt, of significant doubt in my abilities to show up authentically I did my absolute best. Every single class, I literally wear my heart on my sleeve. I remember crying in some yin classes. That's how intense it got. And I think after one of the classes where, you know, the teacher who's just really speaking to themselves when they're almost on the brink of tears and they're like, you just got to keep going. Like, that was me in this one yin class, probably back in 2016 in yoga. And I, I realized at that time I needed a short breather. And I mean, unfortunately, back then, I wasn't able to adopt a bird's-eye view perspective of the thoughts, the emotions that I was going through, uh, the resultant behaviours that I was eliciting and also the actions that I took for myself and for people around. So I was just kind of living in the emotion, living in the thought, not really aware of the one that is watching the thoughts, um, if that makes sense. And
0: uh, Yes, yeah. absolutely been a part of my spiritual practice for 20 years exactly yeah to adopt and it's a crucial part of us getting to know ourselves ultimately and uh and so this is something that you stumbled upon yourself that helped you to pull yourself out of that is it well it's you were aware of this other part of yourself observing yourself going through this (laughs) i
1: mean that sounds like you know the perfect kind of yogi story but unfortunately it was a lot messier than that at the beginning Um, I actually wasn't strong enough and, you know, I, I use that word not in terms of a physicality, but just in terms of a connection and a commitment to myself um, in, in promoting healthy habits. I wasn't strong enough at the start of my journey after I experienced that euphoria, but then went into quite a, a state of initially just tiredness and that then resulted in a low mood Um quite a bit of social anxiety. I remember walking into a class one day, there were about 50 people waiting in the class. Um, it was probably one of the bigger ones that I taught. And I, I did again shed some tears because I was just freaking out at showing up in front of people. Sometimes you just feel like crawling under the bed sheets and turning all the lights off. And so instead of what would have been the perfect yogi story, you know, sitting, maybe finding a nice cave in, in the Kuji cliffs and uh, spending a bit of time observing my thoughts and emotions and behaviors. I actually went down a path that I feel like a lot of young folks do. And, you know, I I know a lot of young women do as well, but particularly men, I feel, um, because perhaps, and we can talk to this more, of course, but perhaps we haven't had a consistently safe space to uh, not only create that bird's eye view, but also to share our thoughts, our emotions, our experiences without judgment. And so initially it was some pretty... um, challenging habits that, you know, were very subtle in their negative effect on me, namely in terms of pretty consistent marijuana use and uh, also some semi-regular, you know, alcohol use. Not not really that much, but enough that with those two habits and also things like, you know, eating poorly, eating too much sugar, um, having no real system of approaching my day. And that might sound a bit structured and robotic, but I think when you're going through a tough time what I've learned is that a, you need some support and I wasn't willing to reach out to anyone. No one knew what I was was going through. No one knew in the yoga class of those 50 people that I was just about to, you know, bore my eyes out. Um, so initially you need support and it took me a long time to reach out to some of my best friends. I just, I ignored them for months. I said, look, I'm not coming to a shindig. You know, I'm not rocking up to a barbecue. I, I just can't even really hang out with yourself. And So it took a long time of just sitting in some pretty poor habits before, you know, eventually I was disappointing those friends. I was disappointing my family in certain ways. And they've always been of utmost support, you know, far beyond what sometimes I probably deserved in the way I was treating my friends and family. And um, so it, it took a number of years of pretty consistent depression, not talking to anyone really about it. I think I saw a psychologist once back in those days, but wasn't prepared to go back. And so it was more like numbing was the easier way. Numbing was the the path most traveled. If, you, if you're talking about like M. Scott Peck, the uh, American psychiatrist. Yeah, it wasn't the path less traveled that I was going down. It was the path most traveled. It was just a path of numbing, you know, which initially feels really good because, you know, You smoke a joint and you feel a lot better initially. And and I'm certainly not encouraging folks to do that. I'm just really trying to share, I guess, my struggles authentically. But that was the place I found myself in. But particularly with marijuana, it's quite a uh, a subtly negative effect if you lean on it as a crutch for a long period of time. And it took me quite a while, probably longer than other people around. Some of my best friends, some of my family members were trying to share with me, Hey, look, you have, like everyone does so much untapped potential and you can, you can help people like everyone else can, but you're not, you're, you're, you're kind of cowering away and just not even talking to your friends. And, and so it took a long time, I'd say three, three or four consistent years of those habits. Um, before I really had a reality slap, which is, I don't know if you've heard of uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, it's kind of a newer type of, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy that psychologists use these days. Um, I believe it's Dr. Andrew Harris, maybe, who's the Australian psychologist. But he talks about a reality slap whereby, you know, experiences occur in your life that really just slap you in the face, so to speak, and force you to be conscious of your actions. And from there, start to develop that bird's eye view. And and that, you know, I wish it was the, the Coogee Cliff moment where I just all of a sudden realized how to, you know, overcome and move beyond some really challenging head spaces and visceral, um, I guess, representations of depression, which can be lack of motivation, feeling very tired, um, not wanting to get out of bed, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it took a long while. I'll say that, that's for sure.
0: Yes, and it's, it is is a big process and a lot of people are going through that at the moment, you know, on very much on a collective level, and particularly uh, men who have... know up until now had their careers and their purpose and have been stripped away from them and they're now left with who am i what am i other than this person who carries out this function as a you know a worker a father provider and this is this is a huge part of i believe this uh, global awakening Mm -hmm. if um you know if you will that um, is going on and there there is a tremendous amount of support that is needed um, for these men out there and people like yourself who've already been through an awakening process um, such as the one you described is is really crucial for for other men to hear your story and also find ways to um, move out of it and to muddle their way through and to find a new part of themselves that serves a new purpose and you know, I think that your story is um, really poignant and so needed. And, um, you know, I really, really feel that um, particularly young men and, you know, who do identify so much with the need to rely on substances who are numbing out because there is a lot of challenge going on for them. Mm. And and even, you know, men of all ages. um, Yeah, I guess... I'd be interested to hear from a male's perspective from you because <laughs> I know what I would say. Sure. Um, you know, what What uh, do you think is going on for men and how do you think that, what advice would you give them going through this, that's this a, big change? That's, that's a great
1: question um, and one in which, you know, I certainly wasn't pondering in the midst of my kind of darker times, I guess. Um not to say that I don't go through challenging times now, but but it's certainly a fantastic question because you know if I reflect on why I first, I mean, I, I mentioned the stress of the yoga classes, but actually um, broke my leg as well playing rugby uh, just a year or two before that that challenging time, and you know something that I really um, utilized to define myself when I was younger was my my ability to play sport. You know, I think as as Australians you know, sport is heralded as the be-all and end-all. You know, I think for a lot of Australians, the top two most important people in the country, which is certainly not the top two most important people for me now, but are the prime minister and the captain of the Australian cricket team. And, you know, not only... And the captain of the male's Australian cricket team, which is, you know, not only quite a patriarchal view, but it just goes to show that Australia, however beautiful our country is, however beautiful our people are, we have a bit of a ways to go, particularly in being able to hold men up um, in a place that allows them to accept, you know, whoever they want to be in it, it, you know, the, the concept even of a man, you know, I, I think that we could do a lot of work in terms of, and I, I'm not a specialist in this, but, you know, I've just listened a lot in the last couple of years to like folks who have different identities, uh, sharing what they're going through. Um, I think initially we're either a man or a woman. And, you know, to bring it back to that, we have societal conditions, such as you said before, you know um, when a man loses his job, he loses his why perhaps. And that's exactly the same as, you know, the same thought process of when a man loses his leg for a period of time, or um, I had a shoulder reconstruction an ACL dislocation. I had a lot of physical trauma and, and pain that really disconnected me from my body and, Again, I, I used to identify as a sportsman, someone who was confident because they were fairly fit and able to kick a football a fair way. Which sounds so silly when you say it like that, but you know, I, I recently, um, I and I'll, I'll answer your question in just a moment as to what my opinion is. But just to preface it, I recently, for the for, for like I, I've been intending to do this for so long, but finally got to *Man Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl, and you know, I think in another period he would also refer to anyone's search for meaning um by Viktor Frankl but you know he was a, a psychiatrist a professor of psychiatry and neurology who went through the camps of Auschwitz and Dachau and two other prisoner of war camps in in the world in world two and you know he he really speaks to the why um and how if people had a why they normally survived you know unless of course they were taken by you know various fevers or if they were Uh, you know, unfortunately, very horribly taken to the the gas chambers. But in terms of the folks that did have an opportunity to survive, did have an opportunity to work, those that didn't have a why did not survive. And he was, you know, alluding to this kind of belief, this thought that, you know, if you could show up every day and just have that consistent thought of I'm showing up for this reason, um, your physical body was in a much better state. You know, these days, quantum physics, epigenetics, and some of the latest sciences are proving that your thoughts directly uh, affect what's going on at your your atomic level. Um, you know, we're far more we're far more space in our bodies than matter. And we used to think in that Newtonian kind of physics that matter and energy were separate, but we know that we're all just energy now. So, you know, having a why is so important. And I think it was Nietzsche that said, um, "Those that have a why can bear almost any how." And yeah. those that have a can bear almost anyhow. Am I, he, I think he said a man who can, has a, a, a why can bear any, almost anyhow, but again, I hope in another context he would be referring to all my <laughs> Um <laughs> but to answer your question, you know, what can we do for men? Well, I think there are three things um, that you know, upon a lot of contemplation reflection on what I went through um, upon a lot of reflection and learning through my doctor of physio, medical science training, seeing probably over a thousand patients now or so in the last six years. I think the first thing is if you're struggling and if that's with a sense of identity or a sense of suffering, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it is, I think it's important to have a support network. And it's important to speak openly and authentically to that support network. It took me maybe six months to a year to open up to my best three friends about what I was going through and where, you know, my friendship group, beautiful group of, of guys and girls. Um, they're certainly more open than I think, you know, the average Australian group. However, it still took me that long. It took me about three years to open up to my, my parents about that. And that was one of the most transformative conversations we've ever had in our relationship, just talking about our mental health. Um, so support network number one, Number two, we have to develop the bird's eye view perspective and and namely meditation, I think, is the most effective tool to do that because, you know, if you view every single thing that arises, sensation, thoughts, emotions, moods, behaviors, actions, they're all arising in this present moment, either a past, present or future version of it. They're all just contents of consciousness that arise. And if we're actually living in it and not aware of the thoughts or not aware of the emotions that are rising, we're going to react in our daily lives, often to the ones that love us most, completely sporadically, completely chaotically. And that's what I did. I hurt my friends, you know, with things that I said or not showing up to various functions, or, you know, two of my best friends, I I kind of got in my own way and and actually didn't commit to a, a, a lifelong trip we'd planned. I couldn't get there because financially I wasn't, I wasn't available and I wasn't able to show up and actually get my stuff in order. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't really like that phrase, but for lack of a better phrase, we'll say that right now. But, you know, I think that bird's eye perspective is super important. And if you can have some support through a meditation teacher or yoga teacher or anyone really who can just say, Hey, let's, let's slow down a fair bit right now and get, a little bit above what you're thinking what's occurring in your life and just see if we can have a loving and curious uh, curious sorry detachment from it um that's number two number three i think that even if you have that beautiful moment of of kind of bird's eye view if it happens once unfortunately it's not going to change your life um it may very subtly change your direction but I've I've learned that habits and the formation of positive habits that will serve you and uplift you, and the the slow letting go of habits that won't is super important because we need to take care of our bodies, we need to take care of our headspace, and we need to take care of our spiritual connection to our why. And so I'd say they're the three things: support, uh, bird's eye view, and habits that I would suggest any man who's going through challenges. Question. I was was about going to
0: ask. I love how that just led on. You just automatically took it, (laughs) which was one of the rituals and routines. And you've just answered
1: it straight away. So I tend to waffle a little bit, so you you can pull me off. You can pull me up
0: whenever whenever you need to as well. No, no, it's perfect. You you're actually so in sync with everything. So wow, Um, I love that. So the three things. Is there anything
1: else? Uh, Anything else to help? young men understand their why or overcome their suffering?
0: Both. Yeah. I guess um I think that what's what's changing now in the landscape out there in the world is you know the why, people's why. Mm. And that is this greater sense of purpose that is becoming very apparent and uh this with this change that is occurring, people have had to shift and become new versions of themselves and find a new identity and a new purpose and, and ultimately their, their why, which is what you're referring to. Yep. Um, yeah.
1: No, I, That's, I, I uh, certainly answered A
0: little bit about that, yeah.
1: And, and what arises is actually um, a couple of other things. You mentioned move, meditate, heal before. That's kind of my uh, first online course that I like to help folks um, really step into the driver's seat of their health. But more recently, I've been exploring what habits for me and for my clients have really allowed us to show up and take our health in our own hands and you know in addition to meditation which for me is my absolute bedrock number 1 habit when i meditate regularly everything else comes into alignment however i still think we have to put energy in different places and first and foremost i believe it's helpful to educate ourselves in whatever language and i'm not talking you know english or japanese or german i'm talking whatever viewpoint or perspective of coming to the same realization that, you know, we are all in this together. We are all in this present moment together, all 7 billion of us or so. Um, It's always going to be far more beneficial if we treat others with respect and love, like we just want the absolute best for them. So any practice, any teacher, any philosophy that educates you and allows you to upgrade your understanding of life as it is, I think is super paramount. And for me, I, some of my favorite teachers are Dr. Joe Dispenza, a neuroscientist. Um, you, yeah. You've heard of him? Yeah, he's Love it. Love it. Yep. incredible. You know, for me, the science dork um, likes to hear about my atoms and likes to hear about my uh, quarks and, and how, you know, we are really all just energy. I mean, Einstein's been saying that since the early 19th century. And he also said that uh, frequency medicine will be the way of the future so I think it's taken hundred years but people realize that we are just energy we're not we're not the physical beings that we look like even though we seem separate from everyone so educating yourself and actually building that excitement to educate yourself is paramount yes. you know I love podcasts I love I love what you're doing here I love you know anything that Dr. Joe Dispenza's on I really like the school of Greatness by Lewis Howes I I'll do anything with podcasts. I just I love going for a long walk, putting a podcast in either with my fiance Casey and our little Scotty Wally. I mean, he sniffs everything and he kind of pees on everything until he's seriously um, he's got to have no pee left in him. But that's that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh I just my goodness. I, I I thoroughly enjoy educating myself and to move on from that, what is us so- becoming? Go on
0: just before we go on. Totally. Casey, tell us a little bit about Casey because (laughs) we were chatting before, and I would love for you to share, you know, your your connection with Casey and how she's helped you with your journey. Because you've just become engaged, so congratulations and uh tell us a little bit about that.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. I hope she's as stoked. (laughs) Um she seems (laughs) <laughs> it's been yeah it's been a pretty incredible journey for us um i met casey at in yoga where i met you as well um she was actually there that same night when i was offered that six month free membership ito and joe sung together um and you know as i began to work at that yoga studio in sorry hills um i i got to know her on the front desk we were good mates we just had a a real laugh every time we hung out and you know it was one of those things where Time truly does stand still. Um, you know, you, the shift would last, you know, seemingly an hour, not eight, because we have so much fun and we had so many similar interests. Like we both were geeking out on Edo Portal back in 2015 and all those movement patterns. And you know, saying to each other, "We'll get there one day with those overhead, you know, sh- handstand push-ups." Um, but you know, Casey left Australia uh, to head back with her partner at the time to california and canada and the only thing that i had really that was physical of her other than you know i I read her newsletters from time to time but i had this one card um that she left me with when she left and um i don't know if you know roxy hudson beautiful beautiful human and i rest in peace as well yeah
0: she's left this plane as well beautiful roxy
1: well she was like our Um, our kind of joint mama you know like she Roxy took me under my under her wing I I did a yoga retreat with her back in 2015-16 in the Royal National Park together over four days I absolutely love have always loved Roxy she still fuels me with love and fire today she loved throwing in a fair few needed chests and tiger curls in her classes (laughs) Um, but yeah so Roxy was constantly you know kind of like the middle lady between Casey and I always like making sure we stayed in touch. And even when she passed, I felt like she was still, still working at magic from above. And I had this one card and Casey basically said in the card, I'll see you somewhere else in the world. One day, um, you would that one of my forever people. And, you know, I, I had a few relationships, um, not many I may add, but you know, some long relationships between that time and those three or four years. And, I, threw out, you know, a fair few cards and a fair few letters. Um, I recycled them of course, but you know, different, different letters and, um, and words that meant a lot at a different time. But now that I was no longer uh, seeing those, those particular ladies, I, I let them go, but I had this one card from Casey, who was one of my closest mates, um, back in 2015. And, you know, she, she ended up, uh, parting ways with that, that young fella in, in Canada. And, um, She reached out when I'd actually moved down to Batemans Bay out of Sydney. I was living in a tiny surf community, pretty much by myself, just serving the local community as a physio and a yoga teacher, about, you know, 800 people in my town. And I said, Hey, look, we have to catch up, you know, almost five years later. And um, we hit it off straight away. And, you know, she only had two months of a work visa again, working at in yoga before she had to go back to California um, at the end of 2019. And I I just kind of threw it out there and said, Hey, I'd love for you to move to Australia and, you know, live your life with me. I I consider it a huge honor. So, you know, she moves. Um, We spent about a year and a half living in a tiny little surf town about 200 meters back from this awesome surf break, you know, no one around. We just skated our skateboards and rode our bikes down to the beach every day Threw frisbees on the beach, meditated, did yoga. I, I worked as a physio. She's an online copywriter and a fantastic yoga teacher um, and it's led to, to this year, where we find ourselves in California. And uh, very, I'm very lucky to have had the opportunity and the, the story together, uh, whereby it led to me asking her to marry me about two weeks ago on the top of Crater Lake. Yay! <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> um, such a
0: beautiful story, Darcy. And you know, having been there at the beginning of your journey, it feels so special that we're here now in full circle having a chat about it so exciting
1: yeah i'm pretty excited as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) a lot of joy in that story absolutely
1: awesome
0: wow okay so look you know we're talking since we're on the subject of partners and beautiful women in your life and or a beautiful woman in your life. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing fun. <laughs> this is this is really um, something which is really important to me. That I'm a bit of a spokesperson for women, advocating, supporting men going through mental health issues or just struggling in general um, through this time. And it's really important to me that we can hear from you as a man what we can do to help support men going through stuff going through this this journey of, of opening of redefining their identity or re- reformulating restructuring you know themselves at this time it seems that um you know that's women need to be there for for the men at this time more than ever as a man, what what would you how, what would you say how we can be there in the best way? How can we show up in the best way we can for men at this time? Yeah,
1: that's a fascinating question. Um, look, I think that first and foremost, that kind of relationship where you know a man and a woman, either intimately or not intimately connected and helping each other be the most connected and loving versions of themselves, it has to be a two-way street uh, to, you know, for it to be successful. So you ask, you know, obviously, how can women help men? But I think it, if you have a really open and authentic communication as a baseline between two people, if it's a man and man or woman and man or, or whoever you want to identify as, I think it sets the platform for a lot of unraveling. And if you don't have that open and authentic communication, and, and that's a skill that I believe has to be cultivated within yourself as well but you know with the bringing it back to the science nerd in me the mirror neurons in your brain allow you to share things not just through thoughts and emotions but you actually change your brain when you're going through an experience with someone at the uh, at the level of your neurons and your pathways that wire on fire and i think I you know, yeah yeah <laughs> um talking my language awesome because
0: awesome. we can try and talk to people about this um but they're just not they don't quite understand, but it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's a rewiring of the brain when you have that connection, it's not, it's a wiring and firing. It's a, um, you know, it's a hormone release as well. It's, it's having that connection. And ultimately I believe that as women, if they take care of themselves, they can show up and be there as a better support for their men as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think, when two folks as well view life as a sacred process individually and together in that relationship, in that communion, um, then everything that arises is treated with a lot more respect. And, you know, for me, Casey has been an absolute rock and has been the only woman in my life who has truly seen me for who I am. And that's because of as well, not because other women who I've connected with haven't, you know, been up to the task, I also wasn't at a point at which I was open enough and understood how to cultivate that bird's eye view every now and then, which I now do a lot more regularly daily if I can. Um, But, you know, to be able to get above and if I did react in a certain way, or if I did have a a particular uh, expression of my suffering that I was going through physically, mentally, or spiritually, first of all, I guess I had to take ownership of that in being able to look from that bird's eye view, and say, "Well, what just happened? Why did I lash out at Casey, or, or why did I um, do something that didn't serve myself, or her, or my family?" And you know that that contemplation, that reflection, is a very sacred thing. And I think if you can cultivate that ability within yourself, and have that platform of open and authentic connection with your loved one, then it just—it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time between having that bilateral conversation of, you know, myself as a man helping Casey as a woman and vice versa, and just showing up for each other and reading each other's energy and, you know, reading a little bit deeper than some of the the things that we say to each other, which, you know, isn't always um, fluffy flowers kind of thing. I don't know if that's a phrase, but, um, you know, sometimes (laughs) life is messy. Life gets messy. We say things we don't mean. Sometimes we dive into the thoughts and the emotions and we don't, acts from a place of you know actual perspective and of love and of meaning. And it's in those times that I guess you just create your own systems of of connection and communication with someone. Often for Casey and I, we would go on a separate walk if we had a challenging moment. And again, both of us through our yoga practices, which has been integral to developing that bird's eye view perspective, are able to not for the next 20 minutes that were apart go oh, I can't believe she said this or you know I can't believe he did this what a what a douche you know blah 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 it's it's more what what just happened and why was there a friction um and and certainly don't get me wrong there's not a lot of friction at all which is why I just asked her to marry me but you know <laughs> she supported me through the darkest moments of my life um you know some of my best friends did as well but even it's very easy to hide what you're going through through people or two people who you're not seeing every day. When you're living with your loved one, there's not a lot you can hide from them. Um, which is great because you're just a raw canvas. Uh, you can express what's coming up for you and you can talk about that and together hold each other hand in hand to walk deeper into your journey of, of self-love and of, of, of sharing that together and with people around. And I think, that's what it's about, that open and authentic communication and your own responsibility to reflect and to take action from a from a more calmer place than that, you know, classic kind of bicker that couples often have. Um, yeah. and, and to not let the ego rule the resultant communication after such a discussion, you know, if you're like, oh, I need to get the power back in this relationship or I need to get one up, then... I'm sorry, but you're not going to ever win whatever that means to you you know it's it's there's only one way in my book, and that's to cultivate that bird's eye view and just share love and if you're not sharing love, work out why you're not, and then come back with even more love. I guess that's what I have to say about that
0: beautiful and you've just broken that down really well and explained it and drawn upon your own experience so well there and there's a lot of wisdom in that and I do believe it is a two-way street and uh, you know this journey men and women are going through together at the moment you know most definitely what you've just offered is uh, a beautiful template example that uh, people can go by I really believe that so um I think that um yeah, this brings me to um, the point where I would love to share with people what what it is that you are offering at the moment out there um, online, and um, I'm really curious to hear what it is this two week thing that you're doing at the moment because I've seen what you shared on social media. Can you please share with us mm-hmm. um, a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, not a problem. Um, Well, currently I have closed the doors, but we'll very much reopen them again uh, to a two week challenge that I have labeled step up and show up because, you know, everything that I'm about as a person and as a practitioner um, is to encourage and empower the individual or the client or my friend or my family member or Casey to step into the driver's seat of their experience of their health. So this two week challenge, is coupled with my course and you know my course is a, a mixture of pre-recorded yoga classes um, educational content on the science and the spirituality of of stepping into the driver's seat of your health a little bit about journaling, journaling a few guided meditations from me um, and that's that's something that I'm really stoked uh, you know in how it's come about because it's it's really what I've learned personally and professionally over the last six years or so um, so I've got a few really excited uh, participants joining me in that journey right now. They've purchased my course and with my course, um, I've now got this two week challenge associated, which is essentially an accountability challenge where I show up every single day um, in, in these participants' inboxes with a short video of encouragement, basically just saying, hey, you are amazing. Let's make sure today is really really important for you let's make sure we prioritize the best habits we can and show up as our best self and you know this is something i do as well in online consultations but it's just fun with the you know shift to the online sphere to get a group of people together and have a facebook group and get everyone talking And because you know like i said earlier on i am just such a small part of someone's journey um you know they're, they're the one empowering themselves they're the one showing up I'm super blessed to even be a part of the story. So when you get a bunch of people together in a similar, um, you know, mindset, I guess, and they're all really willing to head in a a fantastic direction for themselves and their loved ones around, all you have to do is just drop little, you know, love bombs, I guess, a little, little education bites, as I like to call them. You know, I'll drop a, a video about Bruce Lipton or Dr. Joe Dispenza. And we'll get talking about that and talking about how science can explain you know, how, how spirituality is such an important thing and how it's, I believe once it gets to a critical mass, when people actually do start openly yes. loving each other and respecting each other, it's got to get to a point where, you know, finally everyone goes, all right, all right, we'll stop, we'll stop being haters and we'll, we'll join the boat. But um, yeah, my online consultations, my online course and the online course has that two-week challenge associated with it. And I also teach three yoga classes live on Zoom each week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. I've really been enjoying that. Um, You know, I I keep repeating myself. I sound like a classic Australian, you know, king parrot or something, but I feel really blessed getting to be a part of people's stories. And, you know, every day I'll get someone from an ex-NRL athlete who I've worked with recently to um you know someone in in canberra who uh is just willing to show up and and create some habits for herself that will help her and her son you know it's such a blessing to be a part of those stories and and in whatever way i can share my physio knowledge um my stoke for life my love of yoga and meditation i will and yeah i do that in those three mediums
0: it's very holistic i love it it's really really good um and you've also written an e-book as well you've got some online resources as well yeah something that you saw on your website
1: well yeah i'm really enjoying writing a lot more now that i've opened up more time um rather than seeing 15 patients a day in a physio clinic i've got a lot of time to explore my own creative side and i i created a a short e-guide or an e-pdf um that is entitled three simple steps to overcome stress and feel more grounded in your life and it it Essentially, it's the same three steps as in my online course, which are my base habits personally, and that's meditation, mindful movement and journaling. I use the five minute journal a fair bit, which is a fantastic resource um, if you just have a short amount of time of the day to cultivate those, you know, higher order emotions of gratitude and and compassion and love. Um, But I also in in that PDF and in my course speak to a habit called Morning Pages. Have you ever heard of The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron?
0: I have it. my my
1: uh, library here, so in there somewhere. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Got it, love it. Yeah, I was I was listening to um actually Tim Ferriss the other day interview Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, author of Big Magic, um yeah. and uh, yeah she's she's an incredible incredible human. So much inspiration from her, and she speaks to the artist's way as well. So um yeah look I I also show up for my um my email subscribers. You can download my either. PDF guide, that PDF guide I spoke to, or just type in your email address on my website, connectmovementphysio.com. And I'm really enjoying just, you know, sharing whatever's arising uh, probably two to three times a week in a short, succinct email, often with a simple, actionable um, link, whether it is an educational video, whether it is one of my own meditations for free. You know, I'm just really enjoying connecting to folks from all parts of my life. So I've lived in brisbane i've lived in sydney um i moved to the south coast of new south wales to a tiny little town called Brawley. um you know i've i've now we were going to move to new zealand but we were two days before uh our flight was two days sorry pardon me after the borders closed so i might connect with the new zealand crowd one day but you know even california now i've made some incredible friends in california where I'm, i've been living for the last six months so the online sphere allows you to have that reach far beyond the 800 people that live in the community that you live in. And um, super excited about that for sure.
0: Definitely. So where we can find you is connectmovementphysio.com. Is that correct?
1: Indeed, yes. Connectmovementphysio.com. And I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can look me up, darcy.stubbings, That's D-A-R-C-Y dot S-T-U-B-B-I-N-G-S. um i'm also on linkedin uh, for those folks that wear a suit and tie um, or, a, or a dress suit or whatever it is but yeah look i'm i'm just really enjoying showing up socially because that's certainly not something i've done or been comfortable doing through periods of social anxiety and depression in the past and it feels really good just to connect with so many different folks that are all on the same journey just trying to work it out find their why and, you know, share their gifts with the world. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real blessing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, it's really, really great to see how far you've come and that you're actually living your why and living your purpose and you're out there creating a positive impact. And what you shared with us today is so valuable and enlightening for not only men but also for women and anyone going through his struggles at the moment. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, Darcy, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Empowerment Project. And for those of you who are interested in Darcy's work, you can find him at those online places, connectmovementphysio.com, LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, we'll have it all underneath in the show notes for you to um, connect with. Um, if you're interested in connecting with Darcy. So thanks for joining us today, Darcy. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, I've really enjoyed our chat and all the communication we've had in the last few weeks as well. And I I just like to thank you for doing what you're doing and and sharing this space because it's so important for people to hear, um, you know, various philosophies, tips, you know, biohacks, whatever they want that will, help them live a a more fulfilling life and, and, you know, show up as their best selves. And yeah, you're certainly doing that and really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, please give your beautiful fiance Darcy a big hug from me and um, Mm -hmm. consider yourself virtually hugged. (laughs) And uh, I wish you a beautiful day. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank
1: you so much, Nicole. Chat soon
0: you've loved what you've heard today please rate this podcast and leave a review and if you think that there's someone that needs to hear this podcast please share this link honestly and to find out more head over to my blog insideoutyoga.com.au until next time be kind to yourself and each other